Yeah, it's time. Little Hard Knocks Life Podcast is what you are now tuned into. Let's get it. That's right. Welcome to another edition of Mondays with Coach Spavital on the Hard Knocks Life. This episode is brought to you by 4RoofsTX.com. Make sure you go to 4, the number 4, RoofsTX.com and get an estimate on your home. All right, Coach, here we go. We're going to jump right into it. You're coming off a 28-16 uh, to 16 loss in Atlanta. ATL, shouty, uh, to the Georgia State Panthers. And, Coach, as I looked at this game, it was a one-point game through the, most of the first half. And as a matter of fact, it was a one-point game at halftime. And then in the second half, the Panthers went on to, to outscore you 14-3 to in the second half for a 28-16 to victory in the ATL. Coach, I know that this is not uh, the Mondays that we like to spend together. I know we like victory Mondays. But take us to Atlanta and, and let us know what's going on over there. I mean, you sit there and you look at – your bright spot of the game was your kicker, Seth Keller. When a lot of people sit there and you try to figure out what's going on with the kickers, and you're like, man, what is really, really happening? But then he goes three for three. He had two 42-yard field goals and a 31-yard field goal, which is great, but you want some victories behind that. Yeah, you know, like from like that comment right there, that shows you that our red zone touchdown efficiency was pretty poor. You know, that that was kind of one of the factors of this past game, this past weekend. Um, I thought George State did a really good job of being very disruptive up front. I thought they, they won uh, the battle at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, like we ended up having 15 negative plays on run plays and they had only one, you know, so like they were chipping away and moving forward all the time. And, and we were kind of staying stagnant or moving backwards. And, you know, you kind of look back where we're at, you know, it's just really the inconsistencies of where we're at. Like, uh, I, I do believe that we make a lot of good plays in certain moments, but like we also make a lot of bad, bad plays as well, you know, and we've got to minimize that our, our room for error is very minimal. And we've got to clean up the, you know, playing the not beating yourself side of the football. And, and we're beating ourselves at times. But, you know, like you sit there and you you watch the tape and and these kids play extremely hard. Like I, I do think, you know, like I get more compliments on on how hard they play. Like, you know, we have we have a fight that's out of this world and, and we're always going to be scrappy and, and we're going to like we're going to give everything we got. But we've got to do more than that. You know, there's so much more to this game. And. And um, we're not executing at the levels that we need to. And it's, it's simple execution. We have too many drop balls. There's too many missed tackles. Uh, we're in position, you know, like, which is like a promising thing from a coaching standpoint. But at the end of the day, we got to make these plays. We got to make, you know, there's a couple, there's a fourth and one, there's a third and one, there's a third and two where we had, you know, the, the running back hit for losses in the backfield and they end up getting, you know, like 10, 15 yard runs off of it after he makes like two or three guys miss. And, you know, and, and rightfully so on the offensive side of the ball, too, you know, just with the drop balls and and miss IDs up front and just not establishing the run game. You know, it gets difficult for us to move the ball. So uh, our execution has got to increase. You know, like, I, again, like I, I think that we are making plays at times, but the consistency has got to be way higher than what it is because we, we we're scrappy and we play hard, but it's not enough right now. We got to be able to execute at a high level. Yeah. And you said that earlier that your your room for error is very minimal. And it's very rare that a lot of teams can go out there and play a clean, clean game, a perfect game. You talked about it. You got the right play calls. 
And all of a sudden it comes down to execution and making sure that you can continue to move the ball. When, when, when those types of situations, because you see it across the country, it's not just happening at Texas state. You, you come in with this game plan and then all of a sudden you got to change it. You got to kind of scrap it. What, what are some of the conversations that need to be have, not only with the players, but your coaching staff of like, Hey, they've got this figured out. We need to scrap everything and go to something different. Yeah, if you look at this past game, you know, a lot of it was uh, protection based. You know, like I ended up throwing nine different protections at these guys just to try to to calm down their pass rush. You know, we were hard counting them a lot and we were getting them to jump off sides. Uh, but like when they got down to passing downs, because we couldn't establish the run. So we were in longer situations, majority of the game. So at that point, you know, they're going to pin their ears back and go get the quarterback in. And I had to move and shake a lot with the protections, you know, and Coach Turner and I, Jacob Peeler and I, our offense coordinator, we just had a lot of, you know, conversations on the sidelines. All right, okay, should we gap protect this? Should we max pro this? You know, should we end up, you know, chip protecting on these? And, you know, there's a fine line, you know, like you're, you're max prone at times and they're only rushing four and you're blocking with seven. So you only got three out in routes. So, you know, they're end up probably matching that at times. So then you're like, okay, let's get, you know, another guy out in a pass concept. And then now you're having a deficiency in protection. So like, it's, it, you're, you're sitting there working your way through it, but really what needs to happen is we need to establish the run game. So it, you know, we, we still were trying to stick to the run game as much as we could just to try to eliminate the longer situations, but you know, like to give them credit, they dominated the line of, the line of scrimmage. So, you know, again, like that, that's part of coaching. You got to end up, you know, moving and shaking as much as you can based off of the flow of the game, you know. And uh, I, I felt the times that we had to play with tempo to get a good run, you know, uh, which isn't the best at times for the defense. Because if you do have a bad run in tempo, then all, all of a sudden you put that defense back out there pretty quickly. So, you know, we had it, we had a lot of discussions and a, and a lot of uh, changes of the game plan. And, you know, obviously at the end of the day, we didn't execute it to the level that we needed to. Coach, I wanted to ask you that you talked about picking up the tempo and, and trying to change it up. How is that as a feel? Like, when do you feel that you should go with the tempo up tempo? You know, it's just so much. I mean, I don't want you giving out all your secrets, <laughs> but, but sometimes I, I wonder that because again, I watch a lot of football and sometimes they're having great success with the up tempo. And then all of a sudden they're huddling up, giving everybody a rest. And then they try to go up tempo again and you can't. Yeah. So I'm just curious, your offensive mind, I'm just curious to how that goes into it. It's a feel, you know, the reason why we went up tempo in this game is because all the other stuff wasn't working. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, you know and, and I'm telling you, my call sheet, you know, here at Texas State's been the most in-depth thing I've ever had, you know, because – you know, you just got to get a flow of the game and, and, and where the matchups are, you know, like this is a very quality league, you know, and, and uh, there's some really good players in certain positions, you know, and like, if there's a deficiency, they typically expose it. So like, you got to have your compliment to it, you know? So the, the discussions are like, all right, Hey, your right tackles having trouble in pass pro or Hey, your center, you know, if, if we're doing zone techniques, like if we're running a zone play and he's isolated on a one-on-one -on -one block, you know, that's not his, like that, that player he's going up against is a real player. So we need to double team it. So we need to push calls. We need to do all that. Like right. everything's really personnel driven. So when you got to like tempos, tempos, like you, hopefully like they, they're not like just, you know, with their ears pinned off and they're and pinned back and they're firing off the line of scrimmage. So, you know, sometimes tempo can mask like how hard they come off the ball. So like, 
that's what we're trying to get to at times. You know, in the previous two weeks uh, versus South Alabama and versus Troy, the tempo was working really good. The tempo versus uh, Georgia State was not working at, at all, like in, in hitting like what we wanted it to. So, uh, you know, to kind of answer your question, you know, it's kind of a feel for the game. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I think when you start finding your identity of a team, you know, I think I think at times like, you know, tempo is our best way to run the ball. But when it's not working, then we got to make sure that we're trying to get in the best call we possibly can when we do hand it off. Yeah, and you talked about your, your defense. And, well, the running game, obviously, you only ran for 123 yards, which is not your normal type of output. And, you know, the Panthers rushed for 298 and passed for 200 at 6.8 yards per play or, yeah, per play. And then you, were, you guys were at 4.4. So on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, you sit there and you look at the numbers and – and I, I only look at the numbers when I look at the quarters and I'm like, they held a team to 28 points. You guys normally are well above that on your average as far as your offensive output. So talk a little bit about what your defense saw. I mean, obviously giving up 298 yards on the ground is not ideal, but it, was this something that you guys were conscious of about their run game or is it something that yeah. they're a little bit different about? No, they, they're – they're a spread option team. So they're going to run the ball a lot. And, you know, their quarterbacks, a dynamic player. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's those, you, like, it's kind of where college football is going. You see coastal Carolina doing all like, you know, Georgia Southern was doing it. Now Georgia state has like implemented that a lot and they run the QB a ton. And, uh, you know, like Georgia State kind of went back and forth. There's there's the ups and downs with it because both their quarterbacks have been knocked out at some point in the in the season, you know. And, and um, you know, I thought our defense did well. Uh, in terms of being in the right position, I thought there was too many like missed tackles, and I, that quarterback was making us pay. Like we knew that there was going to be a methodical, methodical game. You had to make sure that you tackled and lined up and do it over and over and over again. I did th I think that they started to impose their will on us a little bit when it got into the fourth quarter, uh, you know, and, and established the line of scrimmage. Like you know, like we're in the right spots. You know, some of those run plays that should have been. You know, probably a no gain to a one yard gain was it and it was getting those six, seven, eight yard gains because like, you know, we were wearing down and, and they're bringing it pretty good. But, you know, the defense played well enough to win this game. You know, like it, it's as you're talking about it, you know, the stats are skewed at times, but, you know, they scored 28 points in the offense. We were in the red zone, I believe, four times and, uh, you know, really came out with just field goals. You know, right. we never even scored. And. And uh, that, that shows you that, you know, we were in position to win the game and we just didn't capitalize from an offense perspective. But, like, I, I was pleased with how the defense played in this past game. Well, we're talking about it. This week is no uh, layup either. I mean, <laughs> the Sun Belt, Fun Belt is one of those tough, tough teams to play. Louisiana Lafayette, you're on ESPNU, nationally televised game. And, you know, I've seen Louisiana Lafayette quite a bit. They, they played the University of Texas. I believe they were a team that just, no, Appalachian just beat Coastal. I mean, this whole league is something to be talked about. But when you look at Louisiana Lafayette, what jumps out to you about their team? I know Billy Napier is a good coach, and you've played this team multiple times. But when you sit and look at this team, what stands out to you? They, they know how to win. I, I think uh, I was reading that they've won like 27 of their last 31 games. You know, and uh, and a lot of them like have came down to the final possession, and they and they typically find a way to win. And uh, they, I think, they managed the game well. They got eight super seniors, so like they're still a very experienced team. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, just 
at the beginning of this year, they weren't really playing their best ball. They were trying to figure out who they were. And then you watch them come out versus App State the other night and just absolutely destroy App State. And then, you know, they're, they're you know, in battles all the time. They're in a battle versus Arkansas State, and they end up just finding a way to win. You know, like uh, I think they've established a really good program there. They're, they're close to being a top 25 team. Uh, they're very good on defense. They're very sound on defense and what they do on offense with the with Levi Mitchell, who's been there for a long time, you know, like they, they, they know how to manage the game and they run clock and they're, they're very efficient at what they do and they play well together. You know, it, we're going to have to play a very clean game. We can't be playing like the way we've been the past few weeks in terms of all the mistakes that we've made. And, and, uh, you know, we got to show up, we got to make the tackles and we got to do it consistently and we got to put the ball in play and we got to make plays because on, on their defense and our offense, like it, they're going to be, it's, it's one-on-one battles. It's contested across the board. Like there's not going to be people wide open ever, you know, like you're going to have to make contested plays and, and uh, we're going to have to be able to establish a run. You know, it's a, it's a solid team across the board and got a lot of respect for them. And we got to play clean football across the board as well. Yeah. Clean football is what it's all about. That seems to be the theme of today. Like I said, and you said that minimal mistakes can continue to push yourself out there. But I want to ask you before I let you go, I got a couple things I want to talk to you about away from your games. I want to talk to you about that Penn State, Illinois, nobody wants to win game, nine overtimes. And you, I believe Texas State was the first team to ever go to that two-point conversion victory, I guess you would call it, because that's the game you won. And uh, But Penn State and Illinois, man, that is something you and I have talked about this right here on the show that – we talk about player safety. We talk about being able to continue to move on. What What were your thoughts when you heard that they went to nine overtimes? Yeah, like, you know, obviously, like, uh, I, I told our GAs to get the tape because I want to see what type of two-point plays that they're running because, you know, I, that's what it gets. A down. lot of Philly special. A lot of Philly special. Oh, <laughs> But like you looked at that, like it, everybody was throwing the ball the entire time, you know, and maybe it's a new trend that you need to start running the ball a little bit more on uh, on these two point plays when you get into these shootouts. Because, you know, like it, it's always been a deal because like in college football, the ball's on the three yard line and NFL football it's on the two yard line. So like, you know, you you see a lot of more run game, you know, in the NFL when you get into two point plays, you know, but like still like you have your typical picks and rubs and your Philly specials and uh, you're going to have a lot of move the pocket and like have the opportunity for the QB to run and stuff. But I feel like, you know, like when they won the game, they ended up running the football. So like uh, it, it's kind of maybe, maybe that's the philosophy that's changing right now. So like I was very fascinated with the game. Like what an interesting game to be a part of, man. Right. Like Nine overtimes. And, you know, like it's just went into really a true two point shoot. I think, I don't know how many, like, what was it, like 12 two-point conversions? Well, yeah, it was something ridiculous. I mean, we were sitting there watching it, and it was like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? What happened here? Who was open right away? And Illinois had to do it with the backup quarterback because their quarterback got hurt on one of the plays that they were doing the two-point conversion on. So it was a a tough look, but a good victory for Illinois because they needed that. Um, I wanted to ask you about Cliff, too. I mean, your boy, Cliff Kingsbury, there, he just comes back off of COVID. First off, the team played great when he wasn't there. They continued to, to handle business. And then this week, they won again. So, Cliff, 7-0 and in the NF, NF of L 
right now. Talk about a little bit about what you're seeing with the Arizona Cardinals as well. Not only offensively, but defensively, they're all over the place. Yeah, defensively, they're playing well, man. I, I talked to Cliff this morning, and, uh, you know, like he was he was off due to COVID protocols, and, uh, you know, he just – he uh, he just talked about like just getting back in the rhythm offensively. It took him a little bit. And he said like that's not the way you wanted to start the game last week. You know? <laughs> uh, but he said the defense is playing awesome, man, and and they are like they're fun to watch, man. Like what I see is a team that's having a lot of fun. I think they got a lot of weapons. I you know I think they're just gelling on both sides of the ball and they're finding ways to win, man. But that defense is playing lights out. You know like they they're fun to watch, but. You know, I'm an offensive guy, so I'm going to I'm going to be watching that offense as much as I can. And uh, just what what he does with Kyler Murray is just special, man. That kid is is a, an elite talent. You know, he's the fastest guy on the field. He's maturing into a great pocket passer and, and Cliff's done a great job of. Yeah, the Ertz guy, you know, come in as well, you know, and wow. they end up getting that <laughs> touchdown, you know, so it's just like they've got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green and Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore, and then you throw Ertz in, and like you just didn't. Like, isn't Ricky Seals Jones on that team too? I know Ricky know. goes somewhere else. I, I think, think Ricky was on that else. team at one he, point. He was, you know, Ricky was man. Like, and then I think he Ricky went to the Browns. That's then, right. That's right. He scored I, a touchdown. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, he could still be there at the Browns. I don't know, but yeah, but like what an interesting league because you know you got a Thursday night game for him with the, with a quick turnaround and they play the Packers, which that's going <laughs> no. you know, and right. I was asking him just about like the turnaround and he's like, it's just it's crazy because people don't understand like you know you you know hard like how hard it is on your body to you know have a war like that on a versus the the Texans on a Sunday and then turn around and play an all-out game on Thursday versus, you know, the Green Bay Packers, who is one of the better teams in the league. So, you know, it's just interesting because both of those teams got to turn around and they got to do a really, like, there's there's no practice. It's like all walkthroughs and make sure that your body is ready to roll and then go and play. So, you know, it's uh, really curious to see where this league goes, man, because, uh, you know, it's early, it's 7-0, and but there's still so many more games to play. So on. many more games. And yeah. that, uh, I know you're the Cowboys guy, the Cowboys fan and all that. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of ball to be played. Yeah, I have to humble myself every once in a while. I went uh, shopping this past weekend and I told myself, I was like, I got to wear it now because I don't know when I'll be able to wear it again. <laughs> they look good, man. I'm telling you, Dak is on fire right now in my mind. But, right. Uh, it's it's fun to watch, man. Like, there's just a lot of good teams. I think the parity's there. Like it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, especially when you start looking across the NFL and you're seeing some of the teams that were expected to do well and then they're not. And then you look at the ones that were supposed to be in the middle of the road and you find out, like you said, the Titans are tightening up, you know, with Derrick Henry yeah. and Tannehill, and now they got Julio and AJ Brown and that defense is flying all over the place. It's a, it's a fun, fun league to watch, and every game is suspenseful. So I've been having a lot of fun with it. So, Jake, as always, man, it's always good talking to you. I appreciate the time. And, again, make sure you check it out, Louisiana Lafayette versus the Texas State Bobcats on ESPNU this weekend, nationally televised, 11 a.m. You got to make sure you go get them, dog. I appreciate you, Harge, as always. Man. Always, my friend. And there he is, Jake Spavital. Again, another edition of Mondays with Coach Jake. And just remember this, don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar.
Peace.